Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha Jane. Today we are going to talk about are you hungry and thirsty after righteousness? Yes, that's the topic today. Are you hungry and thirsty after righteousness? Have you ever been hungry and your stomach was making noise? I have. I had came I, I can remember taking a trip to Alabama and yeah, Mobile, Alabama, and my stomach was making noise, but I was almost close to my friend's house. Well, not close. I was about two hours away <laughs> from where I started. The trip to get to her house was about 10 hours. Even though I was hungry, I got me a piece of gum and kept driving. And when I got there, I was hoping that her and her husband wanted to go out to eat or tell me a fast food restaurant that was good around their subdivision. As I got my luggage out of the car and going towards their house, I smell food. <laughs> and you know, when you're hungry, the food smells delicious. And she said, girl, Tim wanted to cook you some home-cooked food from the South. Tim went to the, um, Tim went out and went fishing this morning and got some fish, frying it, it on the stove with some hot grits. I said, I never had, I never had that before. Her husband said, it is so good. You're going to want to smack your friends. And, and we both start out laughing. <laughs> But finally, I got to eat some food. So let's get into the word of God. You ready to get into the word of God? I am so ready to get into the word of God. So we're going to go into Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. And the word of God says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so blessed in the Greek um, mirror indicates a full of fullness of blessings that sustains a disciple of Jesus Christ, even in difficulties, even in circumstances it doesn't look right, even in persecution, they are continued to be blessed. It includes a sense of spiritual well-being because of one's relationship with Jesus Christ. That, in, that includes his love, his cure, his salvation, and daily presence with his children every day. The foundational requirement for all godly living is the hunger and thirst after his righteousness. What is righteousness? So y'all know me, I enjoy teaching the word of God. So I look in the Bible dictionary and this is what it says, the meaning of righteousness. It, it says, holy and upright, living according with um, God's standards. That is what righteousness is. It's living according to God's standards. So the word righteousness comes from a root word that means straightness. Righteousness is a moral concept God's character is the definition and source of all righteousness. Let me read that sentence again. Righteousness is a moral concept. God's characteristics in the definition and the source of all righteousness. Therefore, the righteousness of human beings is defined in the terms of God. Such hunger is seen in Moses in Exodus chapter 33, verse um, 13 and 18 says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this notation is your people. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And so all God's children should fervently pray to know his ways, his heart, his purpose, his wisdom, his holiness, his principles, and even his suffering. In so doing, we come to know God himself. We don't know the full term of our God because God is much bigger than everything in this world. But we have a little piece of him and we have a relationship with him and we are having an intimacy with him. So he opened up his mysteries to develop us and let us learn a part of his life. 
So he wanted to assurance of God's presence is with him. That's what Moses, Moses wanted to make sure as a leader that God's presence was with him. So let's get back into the word of God. Let's go into Philippians chapter three, verse nine through 10. And this is what the word of God says. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so no amount of law keeping, self-improvement, discipline, or religious efforts can make us right with God. Let me read that sentence again. No amount of law keeping, self-improvement, discipline, or religious effort can make us right with God. Righteousness comes only from God. And we are made righteous, receive, we, uh, yeah, we are made righteous, receive right standing with him by trusting in Christ. He exchanged our sin and our shortcomings for his complete righteousness. Apostle Paul gave up everything, family, friendship, and freedom in order to know who Jesus Christ was and his resurrection power. We too have access to this knowledge and this power, but we may have to make sacrifice to enjoy it fully. What are you wait, willing to give up in order to know who Jesus Christ are, who Jesus Christ is? What are you willing to give up? See, a crowd scheduled in order to set aside a few minutes each day. Let me say it again. A crowded schedule in order to set aside a few minutes each day for prayer and Bible study. Your friends' approval. Some of your plans and pleasures. Whatever it is, it is knowing Christ is more than worth the sacrifice. When we are united with Christ by trusting in him, we experience the power that raised him from the dead. That same mighty power will help us live morally renewed and regenerated lives. Let me say that sentence again. That same mighty power will help us live morally renewed and regenerated lives. But before we can walk in newness of life, we must also die to sin, just as the resurrection gives us Christ's power to live for him. And his crucifixion makes the death of our old sinful nature we can't know the victory of the resurrection without personally applying the crucifixion. Let me say that sentence again because that's very important. We can't know the victory of the resurrection without personally applying the crucifixion. Let's get back into the word of God. Let's go into Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1 through 2. And this is what the word of God says. Come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the riches of fur. It's so amazing how we waste so much money and we are never satisfied. We can get nice cars. We can get a big house. We can get a big screen TV. We can have multiple property and we can have all this stuff. But at the end of the day, our soul still not satisfied. We still murmur and complain. So the Lord has said, why would you waste your money on bread that will never satisfy you? Hmm. Let's keep going. So food costs money lasts only a short time and meets only physical needs. See, food costs money. Let me say it again. It lasts only a short time. It meets only our physical needs. But God offers us free nourishment that feeds our soul. You heard that? God offers us free nourishment that feeds our soul. 
How do we get it? We come and listen and seek and call on God. We come and listen and seek and call on God. We come and listen and seek and call on God. God's salvation is freely offered, but to the nourish our souls, we must eagerly receive it. We will starve spiritually without this food, as surely as we will starve physically without our, without our daily bread. It's the same thing. If we if we we decide to not feed our daily our body, our natural body, this flesh body that's gonna go back to the dust, if we decide not to feed it, guess what? We're gonna starve. It's the same thing with our spirit that's within us. That God has said that He made us images just like Him. So we are born spirit in um in um flesh. And so, if we don't feed our spiritually soul, guess what? We are starving our spiritually soul. So that's why we so much in turmoil and so much miserable within ourselves and broken within ourselves and complaining and murmuring and not happy and, and just bitter people because we don't feed our spiritual soul. Hmm. Let me keep going on. So we must repent of our sins and draw near to God in faith. Furthermore, hunger and thirst for God's righteousness and the power of his kingdom continue to be vital condition receiving the fullness of his spirit. Since the faith um, since the fallen in the garden of Eden, people have been inherently unrighteous. As the prophet Isaiah said, we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. It's talking about every human being without the Lord Jesus Christ. We are all like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf in our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. That's in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. We cannot be righteous in the sight of God on our own goodness. Let me say it again. We cannot be righteousness in the sight of God on our own goodness. Therefore, people must have God's righteousness imputed or transferred to them. The cross of Jesus is a public of um, the cross of Jesus is a public de demonstration of God's righteousness. God accounts our transfers the righteousness of Christ to those who trust in Him. In Colossians chapter three verse six, the Word of God says this: "So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness." We do not become righteous because of our inheritance goodness. God sees us righteousness because of our identification by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because what we do good, not because of we offering or because we did something good deed. <laughs> that don't make us righteous. No, that don't make us righteous. We still filthy rags if we don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we believe it or not, that's what God sees. But through Jesus Christ, we are counted righteousness because our faith is in him and we believe in him. That's why God sees us as righteousness. That's why God continues to bless us. That's why God continues to show us the way. That's why God keeps opening up his mistress plans of who we are in him. And we get approval for him and we continue to get filled by his Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Nobody can take the Father's spirit that lives inside of us as believers. We are more than a conqueror. We are bold and courageous. We don't have to get no one's approval. The only approval we need is God, and that is it. Whew, my God, my God, let me calm down. All right, so let's keep going on. Okay, so the spiritual condition of Christians throughout their lives will depend on their hunger and thirst. One, the presence of God in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29 says, but if the, from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Two, the word of God in Psalms 119, the communion of Christ, the fellowship of the spirit, 
And 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Righteousness, kingdom, power. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, in the return of the Lord in 2 Timothy chapter 4 says this, Now there is in store for me the, um, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me award to me on the day, and not only to me, but also to all who have no long for his appearance. And so Christians, we are supposed to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness, not hungry and thirsty for pastor's approval, not hungry and thirsty for the deacon's approval, not hungry and thirsty for people's approval, but we are supposed to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. What is righteousness? It is God's morale standards. How do we receive righteousness? It is through God and it is through God only. So let's keep going on. And so the Christian's hunger for thirst are, I mean, of God, um, hold on a second. The, the Christian's hunger for thirst, the things of God is destroyed by worldly, worldly, worldly stuff like anxiety, deceitfulness of wealth, desires for things and life's pleasures in Luke 8, chapter first, and yeah, chapter 8, verse 14 says this. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who heard, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature, and failure to abide in Christ. In John chapter 4, 15, in verse 4 says this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. When the hunger of believers for God and his righteousness is destroyed, they will die spiritually. For this reason, it is essentially that we sincerely to the Holy Spirit's convicting work in our lives. In John chapter 16, verse 8 through 9, the word of God says this. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me. So we should stay hungry and thirst after his righteousness, not hunger and thirst after the stuff in the world. When we deal with deceitfulness, when we deal with anxiety, when we deal with fear, it's from the enemy. And when we deal with that kind of stuff, we need to more draw more closer to God and get in his morale standards because he's the only one who has power over demons and out of demonic spirits and everything because he's the one who took the keys back from Satan. And he's the one who has the power and authority. And he's the beginning and the end. And can't nobody stop our God. So start being hungry and thirsty after righteousness and thank you so much for listening to divine inspiration god bless you bye